Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the forgotten entertainment family hello there i'm colleen now manders we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories so of course we love star wars and if there's one thing the internet will never have enough of it is nerds that talk about star wars so every episode of this podcast we journey to a galaxy far far away to discuss what is new in the star wars canon and beyond this is yet another star wars podcast Whoop, whoop. This week, my last week, potting from the United States of America, we're considering our legacy and discussing the newest episode of the Disney Plus series, Ahsoka. The episode is titled Shadow Warrior. I like that title. It was written and directed by Dave Filoni. Anders, are you ready to choose whether you live or you die? You know, assuming you have anything valuable to teach me beyond just the whole not dying thing. Sure. i Let's, I'm with it. Let's go. And with that, we are going to punch it with an episode recap. All right. I'm going to do this a little bit differently today. Uh, This episode is structured. It cuts back and forth between the action with Ahsoka's experiences in the world between worlds and the search efforts back on CTOS. So we're just going to do the CTOS stuff up front so that we can spend our time really digging into Ahsoka's time. That's a whole Freudian load to unpack there, Anders. <laughs> yes. All right. So Hera and company, they land on the planet and they start searching for Ahsoka and Sabine. They can't find any trace of them anywhere. Uh, but they do find Hu Yang and he's standing behind a pillar looking out over the sea. He's got Sabine's helmet in his hand and he's just lamenting the fact that they didn't listen to him and they didn't stay together. And he's so sad. He's just he's such a sad devastated. boy. Oh. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> Hera, despite the facts that they can't seem to find anything else, orders her men to keep searching. Later on, Jason's looking out over the water and he listens and he hears lightsabers clashing with each, with each other. We'll find out what those are in a minute. And despite the fact that Hera keeps telling him eh, that no, there's nothing, he convinces her to just stop, take a second and listen, and then she hears it too. So she knows there's something about the water. She directs the fighters to keep doing uh, grid sweeps over the waters again. Carson, Diva, he's a little confused about this, but Hu Yang explains in a... (laughs) Really weird way. (laughs) In a really weird way that Jason's connection to... He is the son of Kanan Jarrus, who was a Jedi, so he has Force abilities. Now, this is very much the... We're just telling you. Because if you want the show not tell, go watch Four Seasons of Rebels and you will find out. <laughs> yeah. This is this is just like back in like episode one where we get the hologram of Ezra saying, Sabine, I love you like a sister. Yeah. Please because, find me. <laughs> please find me. Just telling you the information you need to tell yeah. in, in the clunkiest way possible. But we're, that's fine. Everything's fine. And I love Carson's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Weird Jedi shit. Got I it. guess that okay. makes sense. Sure. 
And so they go out and they keep searching and they're reminding Hera they're running out of time. Not only are they going to run out of fuel, but their cover back with the New Republic fleet is only going to last so long. Hera just refuses to give up and Chopper and Jason eventually radio in. They have it. They have an idea. They have a heading for them to head for them to go to. And they find Ahsoka floating in the water. Whew, that was eerie when they found her like that. I'm like, oh dear. Yeah. Like, how are you alive, first of all? But second of all, you're a Jedi, so yeah. That's... Well, that's we can talk about that. I mean, that can go into the uh, what was real and what wasn't. Yes, I agree. All right. Now that that's out of the way, we can talk about what Ahsoka was up to this whole time. Anakin who we saw last week, tells Ahsoka that he's come to complete her training. He ignites his blue saber and they have a brief duel during which he tells her, it looks so good. Like Hayden Christensen, amazing. Muscle memory right there. Yes. He's the best stunt fighter of the cast, I think. Like Mm -hmm. He's just really, really, really good. I'm sure Alec Guinness was also excellent because he was a fencer and he was trained in sword play. But Hayden is so Hayden is so, so, good. so good. That was just, I really, I am on record. I'm not a fan of the Mustafar duel on the whole, <laughs> but that beginning part of it is really good. And that's mm-hmm. what this reminded me of. Yes, that very Hayden kind of move. like intimate, close knit fight yeah. between and, people who know each other really well. And fast. He's doing the twirls, yes. he's moving, and there's energy behind it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, we can still do this. Yes. And that's very much his style. I think he's Saber Combat 5. And that one is relies a lot on speed and um, strong moves. So that does fit Anakin very well. And it fits Hayden's fighting style very well. And this is where Anakin does something a little, little fishy. He says Ahsoka must choose whether she wants to live or die. Ahsoka jokes that he doesn't seem to have much to teach her, at which point he cuts the bridge from underneath her. <laughs> so she tumbles into the abyss below. One is never too old to learn, Ahsoka. Mm. Great lesson. Very great lesson. I mean, I didn't know that this is how the world between worlds could work. But also, we could just be in... We don't know. We still don't know, everyone. If this is world between worlds, if this is ghost Anakin. Eh. Eh, we're just going to go with it. It looks great. <laughs> it looks great. And the therapy works. Ahsoka comes to... In the midst of a Clone Wars battle. Did I scream at my TV, folks? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did. This is fine. She's a young teenager again on one of her first missions with Anakin. She doesn't understand, which is the point, according to Anakin. They charge into battle, and soon Ahsoka is confronted with several dead clone troopers who had died while following her orders. Ahsoka tries to comfort her. Or Ahsoka. Ahsoka's crying, y'all. Like, she's she's done here. Anakin is trying to comfort her in his own way. Terrible. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him credit on this. He's, he, he does better than, like, Obi-Wan would have done. Like, let's be real here. Anakin at least has a little bit more empathy than a lot of the other Jedi with their Padawans. So, at least he's kind of got that going for him. He reminds her of her duty as a Jedi that it's to lead, but that mistakes and losses are always on his mind as well. He has to be strong, though. That's the Jedi's job. Like, they're soldiers now. They were supposed to be peacekeepers, like when he was a Padawan. But he has to teach Ahsoka right now how to be a soldier so that she can survive. Which is very sad. 
for us as viewers to have to hear and to realize this character we spent so much time with when she was young in the animated content. But then I think to see that child's face. Yeah, a real child's Ahsoka face. Make of the real child's face. You're like, hmm. Mm, ah, child soldiers. Yes, Jedi. Not that great guy. <laughs> the Jedi sometimes make some mistakes. Ahsoka laments that the only thing she may have to pass on to her own Padawan one day is how to fight, which, fair. Anakin insists that fighting is how they survive. As he charges off into battle, Ahsoka sees him flicker into his full Vader appearance, and holy shit. That was cool. <laughs> it was so cool. I'm like, oh, it's on. It is on in the Mind Palace. We are really going at it, you guys. Absolutely. And soon Ahsoka is now reliving the Siege of Mandalore. And this was okay. a really cool moment because you your first real indication when we were in the earlier uh, the earlier memories, she had the single green saber. Mm-hmm. Eventually during the Clone Wars, she gets her second. She gets her Shoto Blade saber. And then it is not until the Siege of Mandalore that Anakin gives her back her lightsabers and they're both blue. Mm-hmm. And so she ignites both of those. And I was just like, holy shit, we're on Mandalore. We're doing the Mandalore thing. Oh, my yeah, God, it's are. a Mandalore. <laughs> I love it. Anakin doesn't recognize this memory because ah- Ahsoka reminds him by this time they had parted ways. Mm-hmm. He compliments her. He's doing well in battle, i.e. slaughtering a few Mandalorians. Those commandos with the helmets, the, mm-hmm. the horns on the helmets. They were so cool. <laughs> And he tells her, ultimately, Ahsoka's part of a legacy. She is the culmination of all of the knowledge that he has, that she's also gained from his master, Obi-Wan, back to Qui-Gon, back to Dooku, back to Yoda, all the way up their line. And Ahsoka mentions to him that, Anakin, you were more than that. Anakin is insistent that they are not just this legacy, but they are more than that. And Ahsoka's like, yeah, you were more powerful and more dangerous than anyone realized. (coughs) Yoda and Mace totally called it. (coughs) (laughs) They did, but they also dropped the ball on the child rearing front. Let's be, let's be. They did. They They really did. (laughs) And Anakin's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that what this is about? Are we really going to go there? And yes, Anakin, you turned to the dark side, slaughtered hundreds, if not thousands of Jedi, including several dozens of small children. Then you Mm -hmm. began a reign of terror across the galaxy that cost millions upon millions of other lives. We are not just going to yada yada that part of this legacy. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) But he reminds her that she still has a choice that she has to make. Live or die. And at first she's like, "Eh, you know what? I I I don't want to do this. I'm not going to fight you again. Again, very reminiscent of Luke saying, I won't fight you, father. Mm -hmm. And in both of those cases, Anakin's like, well, guess what? We're still gonna. Yeah, we're gonna fight. (laughs) This time he's got the red saber. His eyes turn that Sith yellow Mm -hmm. and he attacks. He seems to have the upper hand. He kicks her. He's going at it. But Ahsoka manages to find the metaphorical high ground. She manages to take his saber and is holding it against his neck. You get that reflection in her eyes, so it looks like she's kind of going dark. But unlike Anakin, she resists the urge to take her enemy's head off. Mm-hmm. And she throws down the saber out into the void. Anakin is seemingly pleased by this. His eyes return to normal and he fades away. The space around Ahsoka starts to fill up with water. And we kind of are back where 
she is yeah. found. It's like a reverse him. baptism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back So back in the main area of Sitos, Ahsoka wakes up on her ship. She's been rescued. She gets dressed in her finest new white clothes <laughs> and goes outside to talk to Hera. Uh, she picks up the remains of the map orb and uses some psychometry to determine what happened to Sabine. She's with Morgan and Balin on the Eye of Scion. Carson comes by and says that, the, by the way, the fleet's coming. Mm-hmm. And Hera goes into her <laughs> ship and talks to a hologram of Bomb Mothma, who's like, Hera, I love you, girl, but this was a bad move. Your rank, your position are in jeopardy. The fleet's going to escort you and Ahsoka, whether you both like it or not, back to Coruscant for a hearing. And Hera's mm-hmm. just like, "You go ahead and try that. Try making Ahsoka go where she doesn't want to go. Yeah, that wouldn't work. And Mon <laughs> is just like, you need her because you have no evidence for what you've been doing and why you've been doing it. So Ahsoka is literally your only testimony on your behalf at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, after the call, Ahsoka comes back to Hera and she's like, I know how to follow Sabine. Yes. <laughs> best, best sequence of this whole episode. I was... I cried, not gonna lie. Ahsoka and Huyang take off in their ship and fly alongside Hera and the ghost into the clouds, chasing the Pergo. The fleet arrives in orbit and Hera directs her pilots to stall them. Poor Carson. That was great. <laughs> Carson's great in this episode. Like four X-Wings against us. <laughs> At least part of the fleet. Ugh. He, he needs a raise after this. Ahsoka goes outside her ship Again, like she has this big thing about going outside her ship, y'all. And right up to one of the larger Pergil, she uses the force to connect with it and it opens up its mouth. It's like, hey, y'all, come on in. It's great in here. She tells Hu Yang to fly and slide. <laughs> Alarming. And he's Harris, like, maybe he's... you should get back in the ship. Yeah, please get back in the ship before we get into the animal's mouth. <laughs> like, just jump in. Hera sees all this go down and warns the fleet that they might want to get out of the way. The Purgle take off, jumping into hyperspace and into the unknown. Oof. Oof. Oh my god, that was just, yeah. Overall reactions, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Full stop. I was like in awe of this episode. I can tell why they wanted to put it in theaters. Like, yep, cinematic to the core. Um, this is basically an episode of TV I've been waiting years for, ever since Rebels ended. Seeing those Clone Wars moments in live action was surreal, but also really haunting. Like, I liked how they were in the mist a lot of the time, like the mists of memory, like it's not all there. Like Ahsoka's only remembering what's right in front of her, or Anakin's just chilling with her. So she, of course, has Anakin with her. I screamed when I saw Rex. Yes. His little skirt. I was like, oh, it's Rex. This is great. And you heard him. And we heard him. I wish we could have seen his adorable face tomorrow, but that's okay. That would have been I more de-aging. Fine. I know, but still, I love him. I want to be him to be in everything. I did double check. They did. He is only credited uh, on IMDb as the voice, so he okay. was not in the suit. <laughs> right, which is also sad, but okay. At least he was the voice. Hayden was great. Like we said before, amazing. Uh, getting to go watch Ahsoka like go through this Jedi therapy session, like fucking finally. <laughs> Somebody gets to get some goddamn therapy in the Jedi and she's not even a Jedi anymore. Um, it was super cathartic. It was very beautiful. Like the details. Filoni, he's not missing a beat. I mean, Clone Wars and Rebels were his shows, 
So of course he's going to know these details very, very well. I like that Anakin was both himself and Vader and that his saber changed with his persona. So we really were kind of right when it was like, was it Vader's saber? Was it Anakin's saber? <laughs> it's both. It really is both. Um, and of course, just little Ariana Greenblatt. I love her. I love her and Barbie. She was really cute as little Gamora. She's having an amazing year, though, with this yeah. and Barbie. Like, all right. So cool. I love it. Love everything about this. I want to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What did you think? I mean, yeah, this episode is Filoni just in his bag. This is everything he's been working towards for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Hayden looked awesome. You know, I was really critical of him last week and the the effects on that. And it seems like the way that they were presenting him at the start of that, it, I have to believe it was meant to be a little bit off mm-hmm. because he looks fucking fantastic in in the rest of this. Yeah, he really did. And when they're in the actual, the memory scenes, it looks like they used a little bit of a lighter touch, mm-hmm. kind of like more, t- more like what they did in Kenobi. Yeah. And then when he turns, and I'm just like, the, okay, you're just like reusing footage now from <laughs> Revenge of the Sith because he looked phenomenal. Yes, he did. I will say I was not really sure why we spent the time back on Cetos that we did. Um. Unless I personally would have preferred to have spent that time checking in on Sabine mm-hmm. and what's going on with her. That would have been a lot for this episode, I do understand. So maybe we could just focus back in. Like, why are we spending this time with Jason? Um, unless we are building him up. Like, this is like yeah. a building him up for a spinoff moment. Yeah. Jason and Ezra out doing their thing. <laughs> Jason and Jason and Chopper. Like, just out oh, in the galaxy God. getting into some mischief. <laughs> I would love that. I would love everything about that. <laughs> but it was like, we didn't, like, learn anything significant about Hera during this. No. And so I was a little just, confused yeah. by that. But, I mean, the scenes in World Between Worlds, I mean, do we want to talk what we think about that? Like, was it real? Was it not? Sure, sure. Um, I don't know where you're I, at with this. I'm very much of the Harry Potter King's Cross just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not real. I think part of it, it, it's real for Ahsoka. So I think it should definitely be real for us. Whether it was Anakin's force ghost or not, he was obviously there in some way, shape, or form because he said, well, I wasn't here for this battle. But Ahsoka would have known that too. And she could have had mind Anakin say that Mm -hmm. like to fit with the scene. So I don't think in the end it really matters if it was him or not so much because she used him to heal and i think that was a really good idea like she used her own strength but then confronted her memories of him and what she meant to him so i think it i think it's it's real enough where she could emerge newly focused and we'll talk about that later too (laughs) how about you what's your take I mean, I'm of the belief, I agree with you, I don't think it really matters, and I think Filoni was really smart to structure it that way. He's been on the record as saying, like, I left it open to your interpretation for a very specific reason, and that is it kind of doesn't matter. Right. Like, And I also think that works really well for people who are familiar and people who are not with the world between worlds. Like, if it just, you want it to just be a, this is in her head, but why on earth does that mean that it isn't real? 
that just totally works. And if you know some of the lore world between worlds, that works too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen the world between worlds, mostly Rebels, that season four episode, but then there's also times in the Jedi Temple in earlier Rebels where they're kind of just more on like a standard spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. That's when Ezra gets his kyber crystal. It's when he talks to Yoda. Ahsoka has an experience there where she's kind of like doing something very similar to this, mm-hmm. whereas she's kind of confronting her denial about what Anakin has become. Yeah. I really like it. It kind of, to me, it it actually, we were talking about, um, you know, how did she survive in the water for that long? Mm-hmm. She's gone for a long time mm-hmm. before they find her. And how could she survive in the water for that long? That would fit with the kind of like you were pulled out of a moment of time and then put back into it. Yeah. Uh, Kind of like uh, the movie Contact. Oh, yeah. Where Jodie Foster goes through this whole experience and the entire world is telling her that you didn't go anywhere. And then later on, everything settled down and the two people are having their video conference. And they're like, what interests me? It's not that her recording device recorded static. It's that it recorded 18 hours of it. Right. In an instant. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh, time. Time is a flat circle. Yes. <laughs> you just have to punch right through it. <laughs> Which I really like. And I loved I loved the entire effects with the World Between Worlds. I loved the mist and everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of how like foggy memory. But you're still kind of moving through these portals type yes. of thing was a really good it was a really good use of it's a really good technique to use in the volume <laughs> yes this is what the volume is made for <laughs> right this and Very desert backgrounds so. yes stunning tatooine <laughs> visit <laughs> we do love tatooine everyone thank god we're not there this season <laughs> we do and also this is just the moment where i am going to point out that in these memories mm-hmm. um there were more practical sets of clone armor than in the entire prequel trilogy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George, we love you, but we also really like practical effects. And you yes. could just feel the weight of these things on these guys. Way more, I think, than you can feel the uh, Stormtrooper armor. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure is also really hard to move in. But like this stuff, these guys were like bulky. It looked like they were really actually wearing armor. <laughs> yeah, they were scuffed up. They were. It was so, so cool. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love, loved it. Loved it. Beautiful episode, Dave Filoni. We love you. Okay. I think we can head into our character section. Not as many people to talk about this episode. Of course, Ahsoka, this is her episode. Like, this is the reason the show was named Ahsoka. I did miss Sabine very much. I love, love her. But having the focus on Ahsoka here made a lot of sense. Like, this is for her to get past this kind of wall that we've seen her put up around herself about Anakin. She thought she'd failed him, but also felt that she was nothing but the next part of a line of killers, which was devastating to hear from both young Ahsoka and this is older Ahsoka speaking through young Ahsoka. Because growing up during this war traumatized her far more than I think even she realized. And Absolutely. going through them, it was it was awful. Like going through these tough moments with very her. Much, very much forged in fire was an expression yes. i kept thinking to myself oh yeah completely just this poor girl because she starts out as 14 and ends at 17 so she's still a child at the end of the clone wars when she defeats maul and has to go through order 66 alone and it's like 
no wonder she could never get close to Sabine. Like, I'm shocked that she even agreed to teach Sabine at all. And maybe she did because Sabine was not your usual student. She's like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about Sabine as much with the Force. I only have to worry about her being able to, like, become her more of herself. But then, of course, Ahsoka sees herself in Sabine as, like, a child warrior. Someone who's gone through another war, just like Ahsoka did. It's like just kind of this history keeps replaying in her mind and this resentment that she's had for Anakin and for herself over the years finally builds up enough where she can be like, all right, y'all, it's time to have my near-death experience and get over this or get through this, not really get over it. You can't really get over it. Like she's lost everyone she's known at this point and she's been wanted dead ever since she was 17. Like, oh my God, this is just, it's heartbreaking and it makes me really like Rosario Dawson's subdued portrayal, like way more. It makes yes. so much sense after seeing this episode. Like, oh my gosh, I, I love this portrayal now. It makes her seem like hurt and guarded. And that's why she's kind of lost that spark that we really loved because she had it in Rebels, I think. She was a little more subdued, but after her fight with Vader... I think that is when she became Rosario Ahsoka. That is when she realized I can't beat him and he's gone. Like, oh, that's just everything about Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship is just devastatingly sad. But at least here we got to see her interact with the Anakin that she knew and she's starting to get that spark back. She's like whipping out that fabulous athleisure white wear. And she looks great, looks cozy, very comfy. I think we're going to start seeing her sassier side more now. I would hope so. I think as so, she, too. Yeah, she goes to, like, go get Sabine. And she's like, Ugh. <laughs> like, I'm going to kick your ass for coming out here and trying to find Ezra. But she's and then, also, uh, she's embracing just all these other aspects. Like, I love that that closing line, mm-hmm. I think, you know are you sure this is going to work? We could end up anywhere. And she's like, yeah, but that's better than going nowhere. Exactly. She has the adventurous spirit back. So I'm really, really hoping we get some more um, Rosario smiling. (laughs) Like, I don't want to tell Rosario to smile, but I really want Ahsoka's smile to come back. Yeah. And I thought this was just a great, this is a great rediscovering of your faith. Mm Because... Yeah, pretty horrific things happened, like not only to Ahsoka, but just around her and to a degree because of her choices. Yeah. (laughs) And confronting that guilt, but just having rediscovering that faith in the force and that faith that these things happened because they were supposed to happen. And all you can do is learn from it and move forward. Yes, you can't be encumbered by the past. Right. Let like, the past die. Kill it. Yeah, like Kylo it. says. Listen to Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all the time. And also all the freaking haters who came back out saying Ahsoka should have never left Anakin. Like she's a teenager. <laughs> she's, she's like so, 15, that was 15 like, 16 that when that happens. Most, that might have been the most jarring thing from yeah. the episode because she's oh, definitely she, she she's she's animated young. 
certainly, but she's yeah. jumping around and she's so athletic and she's so mm -hmm. strong and she's definitely capable. capable. But to see an actual teenager mm -hmm. in that makeup, they look young, everyone. Teens look really young. <laughs> teenagers are really young. Like we probably get spoiled because they're always played by like 20 somethings on TV. Yeah. But when you actually see a real teenager, they are young. Yeah. They look 12, everyone. They just yeah. do. That's what they look like. <laughs> and then our other big character here is Master Anakin. I mean, this was the Anakin Ahsoka hour. We didn't get a definitive answer on the whole. Is this his Force Ghost? But again, it doesn't really matter. Going back to that King's Cross sequence in Harry Potter, just because it's happening in your head doesn't mean it isn't real. And uh, obviously also drawing so much from Lord of the Rings. This episode, yes. this is a Gandalf mm -hmm. tribute. <laughs> Fighting the Balrog, her own personal Balrog. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka has to confront all that there is in her former master, all of his different sides. We get the charming, spunky Anakin, the one that the Clone Wars spent seven full seasons trying to build up. Mm -hmm. And Hayden, again, just embraces it. You can tell he is absolutely all in. Yes. And that was a great thing just to see him and to see everyone embracing him. Yes. The fandom. Fandom's behind him, finally. <laughs> I know. But she, every moment of this hurts for Ahsoka. Whenever she sees him, you can just feel this anguish behind it. This is the person he meant the most to her. And I mean, he was the legendary Anakin Skywalker and she shows up one day and it's just like, hi, I'm your Padawan. And he's just like, what the fuck? No, you're not. <laughs> but he grows to embrace her. And that means a lot to her when that mm -hmm. happens. And that fell. And then he fell. Part the greatest can fall. Partially, not entirely, but partially after she left. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't there to try to even try and stop it from happening. Yeah. Uh, Hayden gets to show just again how great he is threading this needle between really kind Anakin, mentoring, nurturing master, and totally unhinged Vader. Those yeah. flickering back and forth silhouette things are just, they're scary. They're mm -hmm. absolutely the type of thing that you see in a horror movie or some kind of a horror vision. I mean, Vader would have killed Ahsoka on Malachor. Yeah. In Twilight of the Apprentice, if Ezra hadn't stepped in and saved her yeah. via the world between worlds. And this part of him is still very much alive and well in Ahsoka's mind. So she has to ultimately come to terms with this, come to terms with everything that Anakin is, and then again connecting that with who she is mm -hmm. and what is her actual part of this legacy. Even though she was forged in battle, that doesn't mean she has to move forward that way. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. So much. There's a lot packed into this episode of television. Yes. <laughs> so much. All right, everybody. Now we are ready to head into our homages, Easter eggs, and callbacks section. We're going to start with the title once more, which was Shadow Warrior. So the fourth episode of Clone Wars season four was about Jar Jar Binks trying to make peace between the Gungans and the Naboo. And that episode was called Shadow Warrior. <laughs> so it's not quite what this Ahsoka episode is about, 
Uh, we think it has more to do with Ahsoka having to fight these shadows of her mind, mainly of Anakin, but also herself. And she comes from a long line of warrior Jedi as well. Hashtag justice for Jar Jar. <laughs> Sith Lord Binks. <laughs> yes. All right. Next up, we have, I mean, biggest things here. These memories that Ahsoka is going through are battles from the Clone Wars, which we thus far have only seen in animation. So the first sequence puts young Ahsoka all the way back to season one of the Clone Wars. We see some Twi'leks in the background, so it's almost definitely the planet Ryloth. Uh, Ahsoka has her one green lightsaber at this point. We don't really see her do the uh, the backwards the backwards hold that she gets really accustomed to, so she's mm-hmm. still very new. Yes. Then later on, uh, we get, as we said before, the Siege of Mandalore, which takes place during the final four episodes of season seven of Clone Wars. And if you watch those together, they are a much better movie than Revenge of the Sith, and they take place at the same time. So he's right. Throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is correct everyone <laughs> she has the two sabers by then they're blue because anakin actually changed them he, she left the jedi order earlier uh in the series and left her lightsabers behind and so anakin kept them and he changed them from blue to green feloni i think before has said that it's not only kind of anakin being trying to kind of like impart in his own way um his own sense of protection over her when he gives mm-hmm. them back to her and he's modified them so that they're blue like his. He's kind of like trying to say, hey, I'm with you, but it's also subtly another instance of him trying to be controlling. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, mm, <laughs> that's not a good sign, Anakin. <laughs> Even if he didn't mean to turn them blue, mm, that's a red flag, sir. <laughs> You're throwing the red flags already. Okay. No red flags on this guy, though. Captain Rex, seen in both <laughs> sequences here. He was in his uh, phase one armor in the first sequence, and then in one of the later stages, his nicer armor at the Siege of Mandalore. He is a clone soldier under Anakin's command in the Clone Wars TV show. He was introduced in the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> that fantastic movie. Justice so, for Stinky. Justice forever for that little guy. So Rex has been around for a really long time. He formed a close relationship with Anakin and Ahsoka and was actually one of the few people who knew about Anakin's marriage to Padme. He uh, wingmanned for him a couple times. He was aboard the same ship as Ahsoka when Order 66 was carried out and they eventually escaped together. In the aftermath, they traveled together for a time, but eventually they did have to separate. Here he was voiced by Tamar Morrison. We want to see him though. (laughs) Because he was still around in the Rebels and possibly Return of the Jedi? I think, no, I think, I think that's officially been canonized at this point. He was in Return of the Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the clones, though, we also get a glimpse here of the Ahsoka painted clone helmets. So in those final episodes of the Clone Wars, uh, Ahsoka is a commander of some of the 501st and they have very kind of distinct blue uniform details on their clone armor but they also specifically for this mission when ahsoka came back to lead them to mandalore they painted their helmets orange and had kind of like a mimic of her markings on them and it was 
one of the coolest moments I think I've ever seen in Star Wars when she walks into the hangar and they're all there with that armor. Mm-hmm. And then it's also one of the saddest moments when post order 66 post ship crash, you see those helmets kind of on spikes marking graves. Mm-hmm. Devastation. They did this, this absolute <laughs> sign of loyalty and friendship. And then to see them later turn on her and try and take and try and execute her. Whew. Dave Filoni, rude. <laughs> He's a very rude man. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, putting these uh, orange helmeted people here in the Ahsoka episode. Immediately, I was like, David Filoni, you jerk. How could you do this to me? <laughs> you know what was really cool to see, though, was during the Siege of Mandalore, Ahsoka was fighting a lot of Mandalorians who were actually working for Maul. We get to see some of them in her flashbacks here with that signature horned helmet and the red and black armor. They're usually called the Super Commandos, but I think Maul DeLoreans sounds really good also. <laughs> I think, those yeah, dicks. <laughs> I always like this better. Also, I've noticed their armor doesn't seem to be as good as Sabine's. I don't mm. think it's full Beskar. Probably not. I mean, Sabine's from a really old family, so some of the Mandalorians probably don't have as nice of armor. Yeah except we have the trials of the jedi now ahsoka very much here goes through almost like some dark side trials it's very reminiscent actually of what luke does on dagobah in empire Mm -hmm. strikes back in the tree and ezra goes through this throughout rebels he goes ezra goes through several trials Mm -hmm. both in kind of a meditative philosophical state and physically and emotionally yeah, Ezra, you uh, you want to be Maul's apprentice? Because he's going to make it whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's these, tough. <laughs> these sorts of trials are very common for Jedi struggling with themselves to accept their identities and their role in the galaxy. The trials would almost always use a person's fears to see if they are worthy of being protectors of the light side of the Force. And I guess Luke failed. At least that's what Yoda said. At first. <laughs> yeah, at first. He faces he it in was, the end. He does. And I think that's important. Like, you you shouldn't have just one trial. You should have a bunch of different ones to see how you've learned and grown. And I think Ahsoka kind of proves that point Which here. tends to be, which is almost, it's more often the way to do. Because, yeah. I mean, the the trials to become a knight in the Order are generally trials. There are multiple yeah. of them. It wasn't until mm-hmm. the Clone Wars when they were kind of like, emergency situation. You get to be a knight, and you get yeah. to be a knight, and you get to be a knight. <laughs> Exactly. You've already gone through a lot of trials during and this then war. For, and then for Ahsoka, they were just kind of like, so we totally like didn't have your back during your actual trial for, for murder, and we yeah. were wrong. So, surprise, you get to be a knight. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. go fuck yourselves. Which, rightfully, she was. <laughs> They're like, oh, that was your, your trial that you didn't even know you were, you were doing. <laughs> Oh, the Jedi Council, we we don't like you right now. Okay, next, we talked about this a little bit. The I won't fight you was a line Luke said to Vader in Return of the Jedi. Ahsoka uses it here, which is why Anakin giggles and says, I've heard that line before. <laughs> like, stop being so snarky, little shit. It was and right then, before course, you chose death. Yes, exactly. Rude. <laughs> Ahsoka was also very hesitant to fight Vader during the Twilight of the Apprentice arc in Rebels. She really didn't want to. She wanted to bring Anakin back, but was unable to. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a, it's a really nice kind of comp between those two moments, though, to see. Because there she's like, 
I won't leave you not again, but she also charges in still. Mm-hmm. Whereas nope. here, she's very, very hesitant. Very. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up, fun little mention. Carson Teva mentions that the person covering for them back with the Rebel fleet is, in fact, Senator Organa. Yeah. We got we got a nice little Leia sh- shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really nice connection. Uh, Leia does meet the ghost crew during the course of Rebels. I think it's season two. Yeah, season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she makes a nice little connection with Ezra, so she's pro- she could be just as invested in rescuing him as the rest of them. Yeah, well, and she knows there just aren't that many Jedi. Yeah. So it's like, maybe Luke could use some help? <laughs> yeah, she's probably abandoned her training at this point, so. I would think so. I think she's fully embedded in the government right now. All right, and then next we have this kind of moment with Hera where she is seemingly connecting with the Force. I do think that Hera has maybe a propensity, kind of like Han Solo does, with being able to connect to the Force, but not having like a Jedi-level ability. It's more like kind of an intuition thing. They use it for flying a lot. But then Jason and Kanan have assisted Hera with sensing things through the Force. Kanan, after he has died, Hera can feel him with her in a moment in rebels and then here of course we get jason emulating his dad being like hey just listen just open yourself up to the force and listen what and i actually really does. liked about, what i actually really liked about that moment though was also Hera's role throughout rebels in many time to- in many cases was actually the one telling kanan to stop and listen like yeah. stop and actually think about what you're doing take a breath mm-hmm. and just you know what you have to do. You know what what the right decision is. You know what you're supposed to be doing here. And here you, Jason, echoing that back to her. It must have hurt so much. More angst, please. I would love more angst for Hera in these moments, especially Mm -hmm. since we finally got a Kanan Jarrus name mention. Like, that's helpful. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Huyang. Yes. But also, again, another nice little... Nice little call out to just like with Sabine, like anyone can open themselves up to the force if you are willing to let yourself Mm -hmm. do it. Yep. (laughs) It's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Except another moment where Ahsoka is mirroring Luke's behavior. She throws the lightsaber to the side just like he does on Death Star 2. Absolutely refusing to be taken in by the dark side. And this time, Anakin actually wanted her to do that. He's not taken really by surprise by it. But she's choosing this forgiveness, and she wants to move forward, not to be absolutely stuck in her past. Uh, (laughs) I'm crying. And this time, we finally get it. Dave Filoni is obsessed with Gandalf. Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings person. Love the movies. Love the story. I, I just have not been able to really get into the books and all the lore of it. They're but dense. We have, they're so dense. And mm-hmm. I, that's why I can't. I just can't do it. But we get Ahsoka the White. Now, Yay! she was in this outfit. She was clad in white with a white staff at the very end of Rebels. Uh, we seem to have gotten that retconned here because yep. in when we recreated that scene uh, back in at the end of episode two, she's still clad in gray, but here she is now fully assumed to this persona. Gandalf very much goes through one of these types of experiences in Lord of the Rings between Fellowship and Two Towers. 
kind of falling outside of time and space and he dies and gets resurrected and it's a whole whole thing symbolism very symbolic <laughs> and she's very open to so many other things she's you mentioned it earlier she's embracing her inner ezra and connecting with the animals around her mm -hmm. use nature it's literally right there <laughs> and she's also kind of got that just that little bit of confidence that's just like me i i know this is going to be hard but at the same time i'm probably the most powerful person in the universe right now so i think we're going to be good heck yeah yeah the wink the wink was back <laughs> i was very very happy in that moment <laughs> I'm like, okay, she looks lighter. She looks like her shoulders are just like chill now. She's not yeah. tense and not stoic. Can we just not have Ahsoka the Stoic anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I want her to have some fun. Okay, and then this last moment is actually a direct reference to uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. This is the into the belly of the beast moment. It is a common trope along that hero's journey. It reviews to the moment in the hero's path where they descend into something new and most likely terrifying, something that will become life-changing. Once the hero emerges from their trials within the belly, they will become more powerful than anyone can imagine. Thank you, Obi-Wan. The concept comes from the biblical story of Jonah and the whale. So it's fun to see Ahsoka literally dive into the pearl's mouth. <laughs> Or Hu Yang, Hu Yang will emerge as the savior. He could. We don't know. David Tennant's really good at that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, we talked about this later. Luke's or earlier. Luke's descent into the cave in the tree in Empire Strikes Back is another Star Wars example of going into the belly of the beast. All right. Well, I think then with that, let's move into our questions and predictions. Any uh, any lingering thoughts we have coming out of this episode? What do we think? is going to happen next what do we want to happen next things we still think need to be explored um my first question obviously colleen what are the chances the, per the pergola are taking ahsoka to tatooine good lord <laughs> <laughs> i really hope not i don't think there's enough gaseous elements there for the pergola to like <laughs> it could have been on their route before though if they like water yeah but now okay so we've got three episodes left it we seems like we so only few. have three. <laughs> Do we have enough runway for episode seven to basically be all Sabine on this hyperspace journey? Or do we get to this other galaxy in episode six? And like, do we see Thrawn? See, this is where we were trying to figure out when we're going to see Thrawn. I feel like end of six makes sense. I think end of six will probably be it, but we might only see like the back of his head. At but the if end we of do that, <laughs> but if we do that again, are we spending the entire time with Sabine? Right. I think we kind of have to. I think Ahsoka's going to show up like at a pivotal point, maybe at the end of episode seven, because we have to have Thrawn do a monologue of some kind. Like he is a very good monologuer. Um, we need to know what his MO is. Like, what's he up to? What does he want to get accomplished? Because without knowing that, like, just being like, I'm just going to go back and try and destroy the New Republic for shits and giggles. Like, all right. Yeah. We need to know a little bit more. But I think we're going to get that in seven. So if we get Thrawn at the end of episode six, then episode seven is the monologue. And episode eight is 
they escape from the Eye of Zion, but Thrawn is not defeated. So the next season, Thrawn gets back to the galaxy that we know. Could be. Could be. How about, what do you think? What are, I don't know. What's your theory? I, uh, I, I'm not even sure about my theory because I kind of agree with you that that makes sense. But then I'm worried about where Ahsoka comes into play mm-hmm. in that time, in that time frame. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It could be any number of things. Or is this hyperspace journey, we're just going to skip over it and be like, whew, that was a oh, there. Just come out of <laughs> hyperspace and be like, whew, that was a long trip. How was your cell? I know, right? It feels like we should be visiting more planets that are named in the end credit sequence. Like, are we going to get one more stop? Or are we jumping straight to Zapridia? Are we jumping straight there? I don't, I don't it know. feels like there needs to be at least one way station. Can I get Sabine uh, trying to blow up the Eye of Scion from the inside? <laughs> I would love that. Get I just want Sabine game. to blow something up. She has to. She for real has to blow something up. And, and maybe then... it will be the Eye of Scion, but then the Chimera will already be gone. Like, Yeah. I don't know. And then less from a like kind of plotting perspective, something I was thinking about just this past week and as I realized, as we got a young actress taking on the role of Ahsoka and Rosario kind of really getting into getting into her bag with the character, mm-hmm. I would love to see. And I don't know the right way to do it. I don't know who she could be. I would love to see a cameo from Ashley Eckstein by the end of the season. Oh, I would love the voice that. actress of Ahsoka, who very much has embraced Ahsoka as a role. She still does anytime the character does animated appearances. She is very firmly Ahsoka in animation. Mm-hmm. She's also yep. in general kind of like fandom avatar, like her Instagram. I, I, does she like live at Disney? <laughs> She's <laughs> always there. She is, she is always, always there. there. <laughs> She's always interacting with fans and just trying to bring love and happiness to Star Wars fans. She's very mm-hmm. much embraced that. You know, Matt mm-hmm. Lanter got a cameo in Mandalorian. Like, can we work Ashley in here somewhere? That would be amazing. I would love that. (laughs) I love that so much. I'd love to get, like, all these little cameos in here from, like, Clone Wars people. Yeah. That's why it's like, can we get, like, Matt Lanter back in there? Can we get Bradley Bradley Baker? Baker? Like, somebody in there. Ashley would be amazing. Can I get a Tia Sircar? I don't know if she oh, would. Oh, I would love if Tia would be in there. I think it would be kind of cool if Ashley showed up as like one of the remaining crew on the Chimera. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not very many people left. It's just Thrawn, Ezra, and Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> that, and we still have to get Amos from we the do. Expanse. We do. We have not seen him yet. There's been a lot of speculation that he will be Eli Vanto, who is a beloved space Texan from the first Thrawn canon trilogy. I would love to see him. Um, I don't know if Amos is going to be playing him. He's going to be somebody loyal to Thrawn. We know that. But like, what if we get Chimera and then everybody who's been trying to find Thrawn get in the same place? (laughs) That would be hysterical. Like, what if Arlani shows up and is like, bitch, what are you doing out here? (laughs) But I don't think we can really get that until next season because she would make Thrawn seem like less of a villain. <laughs> and I don't think Dave wants that quite yet. And Eli would do the same thing. Unless he puts Eli really out of character. 
So mm-hmm. maybe it's just his like second command on the bridge for the chimera. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. I would like that. There's really just so much that he can do with Thrawn that it's really hard to speculate like what they're thinking of doing. Especially when you throw in Balon into the mix. Like, what's he doing there? And is Thrawn going to be like, I already have one Jedi and that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's already been enough of a problem. He doesn't take art seriously. <laughs> he just likes to talk to animals and these damn whales keep showing up. Jesus Christ. Like, please, Ezra, tell the whales to take us home. For the last time, no. <laughs> that was, that's the other thing. Like, did did no one did no one did no one think about this yet? Like, that's one thing with Ahsoka doing the whale thing. That I'm like, did none of you guys think to do this in the aftermath of, of Rebels? Right. Now, granted, at that point, they didn't have a force sensitive. But once Ahsoka was back in the mix. Like when they're like, you know, Ezra did this thing. Can 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 we, can we do whales? can we do the thing? And is Ezra just like not able to to do this to come back? Or he told them not to answer. I mean, he could have. He could have been like, "What's up, Purgle? If somebody tries calling you from the galaxy again, don't answer." <laughs> he couldn't he just snatch one on his own. I would I would hope so, but maybe he wants to, or he's probably injured after the initial jump would be my guess so he would have to stay with Thrawn to heal and by then the purple have already moved on to like their next feeding ground it, it's very hard to say that's why I want a trilogy of novels just about Thrawn and Ezra's like antiques roadshow yelling I just want that I want them to like get into it about about shit <laughs> and know what they've been doing out there for almost 10 years that would be great um what do you think colleen what else do you want for i have always wondered this ever since ahsoka showed up on mandalorian i want to know how she reacted to hearing that anakin went back to the light side even momentarily because of luke (laughs) like this damn kid just like reached him when ahsoka couldn't he didn't know a damn thing about luke anakin didn't he doesn't know who luke is he doesn't have years behind their relationship like Anakin and Ahsoka do and then Anakin's like all right I'll just overthrow the Emperor Palpatine for this kid <laughs> like what what the hell <laughs> what the I mean fuck? he wanted to overthrow the Emperor anyway he, I mean he he wanted to because he wanted Luke to be on his side but I think he overthrows Palpatine for the light side instead of trying to take over his job which is what he initially wanted to do <laughs> with him with Lucas's apprentice but then poor Ahsoka's got to be like, like, who? Who's Luke fucking Skywalker? Because <laughs> she's she hasn't been around either. Like, she's hasn't been involved in the rebellion since she disappeared on Malachor. It's like, what the hell, Luke? And then when she meets him for the first time, I'm sure she's, like, side-eyeing him. Like, ugh, you're not that great. Leia's way better. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what everybody says when you put Luke and Leia in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> it's no wonder he went off by himself to like train Jedi. It's like, I can't be in the same room with my sister. She's way too cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know Luke, we're really sorry. Um, I think that's like just like one of the 
kind of what if questions that I have. All the big questions are about Thrawn and Ezra still. What are they doing out there? What have they been doing out there? They're making muffins. They would make muffins. They really would. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra's just trying to befriend all the local wildlife. Yep. Ooh, maybe that's where we can finally see a loth wolf. I want a wolf. I, I don't. I hope the cat is okay, but I want to uh, see a wolf. Cat had better be okay. It's a cat. <laughs> it can saying. take care of itself. <laughs> yes, but I want evidence that the cat is okay. <laughs> All right. And I think with that, we are going to leave it for today. So thank you for joining us, everybody. You can find us on Twix and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Check out all of our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and uh, other Star Wars content. You can find all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family over at ForgottenEntertainment.com. And join us next time when we will be taking a look at the next episode of Ahsoka and Colleen will be on the other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> We're talking about space whales from actual whales. <laughs> actual whales. God, enjoy your flight, Colleen. Ugh. Good luck to you over there. It won't be on a pergol. It will not be on a pergol. But until then, always make sure you toss a Mentos into the space whale's mouth before you commit to a long journey inside of it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>